Hi, this is episode 14 of the Viva La Diva podcast. I'm your host, Laura J. Ingalls, and it's time to dare you to unconditionally love yourself. All right, so I'm calling this episode 14, but I suppose I could actually call it season two, episode one. And uh, the reason that is, is I have a confession to make. I've been hiding. Uh, And I'm really sorry about that. And so what I mean by I've been hiding is that last August, after publishing my last podcast episode, episode 13, I took a full-time job. And uh, truth be told, I did not deal well with the transition at all. And that's not to say that I don't love my job. I I actually really do. I really love my new job. Um, I am an associate director of uh, healthy living at a gym here in Boston. And it's it's amazing. It's been amazing to get back to personal training. It's been incredible to get back to one-on-one um, coaching, endurance coaching, triathlon coaching, running coaching. I mean, it's it's like my the thing that I love most in this world to do um, is coach runners and triathletes and and really help people through exercise. But um, you know, and I love having a leadership role, and I love the challenge of of all of the things that come along with um, working with personal trainers in a gym. But uh, it was really crazy to go back to full time work outside of my home after six years almost of working from home and really getting to set my own schedule. And when I set out to start the job, I never it never occurred to me that I would need to, you know, do a sort of a sign-off podcast for a little while or anything like that because I thought, you know, oh my gosh, this is just, you know, like how it used to be before I worked from home. It's just like, you know, all the other times in my life when I've had, you know, 18 jobs and all this stuff going on, because let's not forget that with me, it's never just, um, it's never just having one job. Um, I always have to then have like a part-time job where, you know, still working for my old employer, helping with her, her blog and her newsletter and loving every moment of that because it's, you know, still in the field of worksite wellness, which I really love and am passionate about. And it was DJing still for all of these, you know, friends, weddings and sporting events and all of these things that kind of bring me back to my former life as an actress and a performer and a musician and a singer. And, um, you know, and I just felt like, oh, I got this. And then come to find out, I totally don't got this. <laughs> like, it just seemed like all of a sudden I was never home. And something else that happened to me six months ago was I got into a new love relationship. And it's been, <laughs> I mean, if I'm being real about commitment here, I it's been 13 years since I've had somebody, maybe even more than that, like maybe like 15 years since I've had somebody in my life this regularly and, you know, being reminded of the kind of, you know, time commitment that being in a relationship actually is was so surprising to me. And so all of these changes kind of all happened right around the same time. And I totally lost myself in all of these changes. I lost the thing that was the most important to me and that I felt the most passionate about. And um, I had a marathon that I was training for uh, in 
and then I ran the race in December and it went amazing. And uh, I, I crushed it. I came within six minutes of my um, PR and I matched my second best PR. And this was, you know, after years of, of, of being off my game because of hyperparathyroidism and, um, and having had surgery the year before. So I was just, I, you know, I barely exercised since December and, and, and I won't say that I lost it completely, but, you know, I used to go to November project all the time and I've kind of lost track of that. And it was like all of these changes that just came from a couple of shifts in the amount of time I was spending at home. And then, and then it all like just got so crazy. And so I've been really examining my commitments recently. And I realized that I am a commitment um, addict. (laughs) My cat agrees with you. He has been missing me desperately. That's him chiming in to tell you that, uh, yeah, this this girl is a crazy commitment addict. Um, And I've also um, realized that when I I overcommit to things that are not for me. So for example, the DJing or working at the worksite wellness company and the YMCA that I naturally tend to put a press, like a priority on those other things. And I let the, the commitments that are for me, I let them go. And that just, I realized one day that that just wasn't working for me anymore. So I've been taking big steps lately to make it work and make it happen. I've cleared my calendar of a lot of things that were for others. And I have um, kind of come back to refocus on me. And I share this with all of you because it, because I just think it's such a normal phenomenon. I think that so many of us have a tendency to, you know, when one little piece of our lives change, we expect that everything else, that nothing else will change. And and especially when the change is positive, like getting this really, really great um, full-time job with a great salary and benefits that's doing something that feels really exciting, you know, that, and you're thinking now everything's going to snap into place and I'm going to, you know, and I'm, and I'm all the good things that are going on are going to keep going on and then and and then I'm just going to add this new good thing and that is just not how humans function at all like we <laughs> change is change is change is change whether it's good change or whether it's bad change when there's a shakeup in the routine it makes it really really hard to keep all of the pieces moving the way that they used to move. Um, we are like habit monsters. And when any little piece of those habits gets shifted out of place even a little bit, it's like we forget how to do even the most basic things because our habits are just totally disrupted. And it sometimes it takes a while to figure out what the new habits are going to be and then establish them in such a way that they actually become habits. And that completely happened to me. As a matter of fact, I, um, the thing that was like the, one of the first wake up calls that I was having was, um, when I did inside tracker, uh, most recently and got my blood work back. And even though my calcium levels now after surgery were looking amazing and a couple of other things that were you know, had been off because of that. We're looking amazing. My cholesterol was up. My blood sugar was up. My stress hormones were up. And I was like, what? 
what is going on here? I thought I was supposed to be so healthy and I was supposed to be at the top of my game. And like what I realized was taking this new job totally shifted my sleep habits and totally shifted my coffee drinking habits and having coworkers who had like snacks and, and you know, we had the snack habit in the office that those things were changing my habits. And suddenly I realized that like, hey, that cup of coffee at 2 p.m. that seemed like no big deal is actually a big deal. And the crazy schedule and the feeling stressed out all the time about not, you know, getting all the things done and not coming back to my podcast and not, you know, getting a blog going, that that was showing up in my blood work. And even though I could go through my day, day to day, pretending like it was no big deal, Well, here was this test that my body was actually feeling a lot of stress and that the way I was coping with that, you know, lack of sleep with an extra coffee in the afternoon and, you know, a snack in the middle of the afternoon was actually not at all helping. And so something had to change. And I've been taking a seminar series on the topic of commitment and about three weeks into this commitment seminar, seminar, I called up, this is not a joke. I sent an email to the leader of the commitment seminar and I was like, um, so I'm finding myself having a struggle with being committed to the commitment seminar because I have so many commitments that I feel overcommitted. I don't know what commitment to stick with. And so I think I might have to drop out of my commitment to the commitment seminar. And then I just signed it help and like sent it. (laughs) I mean, do you think I was having a crisis, like a major commitment crisis right there? Um, And so that was like sign number two. And that's when she was actually the one that helped me see that. She, you know, so I keep going on and on. I'm like, oh my God, this job and the seminar and blah, 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 blah. And like, I, and I'm, I'm not recording my podcast. I'm not getting to my workouts. I'm not even training. I was going to do this triathlon and I told everyone I was doing the triathlon and now I can't even train for the triathlon because I just don't have any time. So I can't possibly come to the commitment seminar anymore because clearly I'm overcommitted. And she, oh God, she was so patient. And she was like, hmm, so um, what I see here is that you are staying committed to commitments that don't leave you enlivened and fulfilled. And you are giving up everything that's important to you that you wanted to be committed to that was for you. And I was like, crap. Yeah, yep, that sounds about right. And she was like, so how's that working for you? And I was like, it's not working for me. Um, (laughs) And so I quit my part-time job. I reduced the number of um, DJing things that I was doing. I committed to more sleep and less television. I was using TV you know, at night to just try to to de-stress, and I was justifying it by being like, well – you know, I need to unwind here. But then I was losing sleep time. Um, It was all, um, it was just this big snowball. And so then I decided, you know what, I just need to take actions in the areas that do leave me feel enlivened and fulfilled. And that is talking to you and creating possibilities in your life um, and asking all of you through this podcast some of the bigger questions about, um, you know, about, how all of this whole well-being thing fits into our lives and how, you know, really owning how amazing we are and how amazing you are, like what possibilities that can then open up if you just accept that, work on it, build it today, right now as you are in the body that you have. 
And um, and so since I've become really present to the to the stories that we tell ourselves and the stresses that we have, I um, have become really present to the power of the words that I say to myself. You know, I'm too busy. I'm tired. I'm, you know, I'm stressed out. I'm, you know, all of these things. And I have realized that, you know, through the the common chatter that we all use every single day, I've been creating this these, like, realities for myself that just weren't working. So anyway, so I, I put on my big girl pants and I changed some things in my life and here I am and I'm back and I'm psyched. And so here's, I wanted, I do want to spend at least some of this today, like talking about, um, some words that really struck me as important to think about. And it came about because there is, uh, so my, uh, the guy that I'm dating has a daughter and she had one of her friends over, um, a couple of weeks ago and her friend has been, you know, struggling a little bit with some bullying and another kid, you know, had called her fat. And when she mentioned this to me at the dinner table, I knew that I had to really carefully choose the words that I was going to say back. And I had some choices because I think especially with little kids, we want to make them immediately feel better. And the knee-jerk response that I think most of us have, especially when we're dealing with someone that we really love and we really care about, um, you know, when they've been called fat or even when they call themselves fat, our knee-jerk reaction is to say, oh, no, oh, no, you're not fat. And we say that because we want them to, we want to make them feel better. And, and we do it because we've collectively agreed that being called fat is an insult. Um, we've collectively agreed that fat is a bad thing to be. And so uh, in our big rush to make the person that we love feel better, we say, oh, no, 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 you're not fat. You know, you're plump, you're growing, you're, you're curvy, you're whatever. Whatever we say, um, we don't – we immediately rush to agree that fat is bad and tell the person that they aren't fat. Well, it may or may not be true that they are fat – and that is actually really irrelevant to the to the fact that the word fat is being used as an insult and and even if they aren't let's say his, like culturally what we would call fat they might look in the mirror and not see that and not feel that and so you know and especially with little kids when we say oh no 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 you're not fat we are absolutely reinforcing the idea that fat is something that they don't want to be or that they shouldn't be. And in the case of this little girl, of course she's not fat. She's too little to be fat, but she has a belly and her belly, you know, is a little chubby. And and of course it's cute and she may grow out of it. She may not. But the point is, is that I caught myself in that moment and I realized that I could not be me and say the things that I say and then confirm for her that fat is a bad thing. So what I said instead was, you know, that's a really silly thing to say to somebody because fat isn't even an insult. 
It's just a way that you are. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just a thing. So if that person was trying to hurt your feelings, boy, they really picked a silly thing to say. It would have been much funnier or much meaner if they, you know, they called you a dodo head or, you know, something else. And that was how I chose to handle it in the moment. But like, wow, it really made me think that, of course, we have to be careful with our words with kids, but like we have to be so careful with our words with ourselves and with our friends and our family members that like just by rushing to make ourselves feel better, make the other person feel better, we continue to reinforce this agreement that the word fat and calling someone fat is an insult. And and so I have decided that I'm now just going to like laugh when when I see people using that word as an insult. And and I'm going to call them out. I'm going to be like, hey, that's not an insult. That's just a state of being. Like it's not it's not a bad thing. It's it's just a thing. And so like get more creative with your insults, buddy. Um, you know, I, I can think about 10 things worse than that that I'm going to throw at you. Boom, boom, boom. You know, well, I'm not like that. I don't go around insulting people. But you know what I mean. Like be more creative. Um, and, uh, and so that's the words that I – want to leave you with today. Um, I, as far as going forward, there's, you're definitely going to see more Viva La Diva coming regularly into your podcast feed. And I'm really, really um, looking forward to recording the next series of episodes. And, um, and as I promised in episode 13, I definitely do still feel committed to doing some mini episodes on nutrition, especially after re-listening to episode 13 and remembering um, that whole series of articles and things coming out. And, um, and I just really love talking about food. That's another thing. I love talking about food. So um, I want to talk about food for a few episodes. Um, So we're going to do some series on uh, greens, grains, protein, fats, cravings, um, sugar, uh, and um, different ways to approach eating that feels really intuitive and really healing and balanced and empowering. And um, and I hope that that excites you as much as it excites me. Um, and I look forward to being in your newsfeed or your podcast feed a whole lot over the next coming months. And if so, if there is something that you want to hear, talk about, think about, ultimately, um, this podcast is for you. It's about what's possible. You know, what's possible when you stop using the word fat as an insult. When you look in the mirror and you, let's say, stop, were to stop using the word fat to describe yourself in a mean way, and if it just could be a word that is a state of being that doesn't have a good or a bad connotation, what what would that mean to you? What would that what would that be? What would that mean for your for your life? Um, and I would love to hear from you about that. So hit me up on Twitter at LJ Ingalls or um, I'm on Instagram at LJ Ingalls too. As always, if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Leave me a five-star rating because 
We're loving this thing that we're building together. Um, toss in a couple of comments. That really, really helps you guys. Um, it helps people to find me. It helps um, the podcast to stay, you know, a little bit higher up in search results. So it really makes a difference to me if you if you leave me a couple of comments. It doesn't have to be anything brilliant. You could just be like, I love food or that's not an insult. Um, you know, whatever you want to add, uh, I would I would really appreciate it. Recommend me to your friends. Share this episode. Um, and don't forget that you can, uh, again, like tweet at me, find me on Instagram, or hit up my website at laurajingles.com. There are all the rest of the podcast episodes there and on iTunes. Oh, it's so good to be back. Until next time, viva la diva.